you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. in this sanctuary. May we feel God's Spirit moving among us and within us. May we feel the love of community surrounding us. May this time we share together and all time be blessed. A couple of announcements for you. Um, following worship today, at the end of the worship service, there will be a special video from our Affirm Committee Thank you to our Affirm Committee for continually inviting us to explore what it means to be an inclusive church, what it means to be an affirming community of faith. Um, many of us are looking at ways in which we can support um, the humanitarian crisis that's coming out of the Ukraine. There are many great places to support, um, as well as our prayers. Um, one of the um, Groups offering support is the United Church Emergency um, Relief Fund, and the United Church is working with MS Partner Act Alliance in places like Hungary, um, offering shelter, clean water, food, and medical attention. By working with partners, the United Church um, works with people who are already on the ground, already in communities. And a reminder that 100% of your donations to the Emergency Assistance Fund or Emergency Relief Fund um, goes to help those in need with 85% going to the named um, assistance and 15% being held for future emergencies that may not make um, the news or public awareness quite as much. A couple of changes have happened since last time we met in the sanctuary. Um, you no longer have to reserve your spot. We've realized we've got enough space to welcome people into the church, as well as um, the center pew. We're no longer 
you know, isolating if you're one group here, one group there. We're inviting you to social distance still, but um, sit where you would like. The sides are little social bubble pockets um, still. But um, a reminder that, we're, you know, we're, we know this. We're all, we're all moving in our comfort levels at different paces. Um, each one of us have different health needs and requirements. So we continue to care for one another as we move through this pandemic, as we continue to live through this pandemic, at the spaces that are comfortable and safe for us. So if you are going to sit close to somebody else, please ask them, um, can, you know, can I sit beside you? And if you are someone that someone wants to sit and you're, you need a bit more space, just share that. We're, we'll learn how to share in that way the consent of that um, in great ways as we share God's love. Another exciting announcement. Um, we are starting to do bulletins again. So those who um, may have trouble seeing the screen or need a large print bulletin, we are now doing a large print bulletin, um, which can be found at the back of the church um, when you come in. And then there is an announcement sheet that's separate. So if you would like to take an announcement sheet with you, that's something that a lot of people have been missing. Um, you can just grab the announcement sheet. If you want the order of service as well, you can grab both sheets. They're placed out on um, Friday, so they've been sitting there. You'll pick up your own instead of it being handed to you, and that way we limit um, the touch contact. Uh, we continue to ask people to um, show their, if they haven't already um, shown their um, proof of vaccination, that continues for now, as well as the requirement to wear masks for the, the whole service. We've got a couple of announcements of, of things happening in the church. Um, the 40 days of engagement on anti-racism Lent study is taking place. This is a um, daily reflection by um, members and ministers of the United Church of Canada reflecting on what would it be like for the church to be an anti-racist um, organization. Um, daily readings are being posted to our Facebook page or you can um, email me and I can send you the links for the website um, with the readings. As well, starting this Tuesday and each Tuesday until the Tuesday after Easter, from 7 to 8.30, we'll be gathering on Zoom to reflect on the week's readings, the previous week's readings. If you're interested in that, please contact me. You can phone me at the office or email me. Um, we also have two um, in-person events coming up that are really exciting. Uh, we've got Paint and Easter Cross, then that is being led by the very talented Gertie Blake. Um, all you need to bring is your um, painting apron or shirt, a margarine-type tub for washing things, a styrofoam tray such as for meat, a ruler, a pencil, and all the paint and the brushes are going to be provided. The cost is $20, and it's a fundraiser for our church. Um, maximum of 12 people for that, and the, con the registration information is on the announcement sheet or call the church office. As well, we have our Easter, an Easter card creations with um, Susan Schlorf, Schlorf um, which will be on April 4th in the CE Hall, and it's $15 a person. Um, you can register with Sally Corman or contact the church office. Just bring your mask and a water bottle and everything else will be provided.
We missed one um, celebration last week. I thank you last week. We are very thankful, I don't think she's here, um, to Pat Blackmore for her leadership last week with our annual meeting. Um, I know for me and for all the board, it's, it's a real pleasure working with Pat. She's organized, she is focused. Um, we see that every year at our annual meeting as well. I've seen kind of the notes she does beforehand and she always comes very prepared and very thoughtful and very gracious. So a big thank you to Pat for her great leadership. And as, as we gather in this time, um, our hearts continue to break and we continue to join in the lament and the prayers for the people of Ukraine. I invite us to join in a moment of prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, bringer of peace and justice, healing and restoration, we pray for the people of Ukraine, for those who have fled and now are refugees, for those who have stayed, for all who are providing humanitarian assistance. We pray for those in Russia who are doing the dangerous work of protesting and those who have been silenced. We pray for peace, O oh God, for the Ukraine, for Ukraine and all places affected by war and violence. We pray for all refugees from all countries. Amen. And we light a candle of peace. And I did forget an announcement. Um, we are sharing in the sacrament of communion as we open ourselves to Christ's presence with us in this moment and all moments. Um, if you didn't get a, um, the communion elements, the little prepackaged cup with the bread on top, uh, please raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring it to you. Um, and we will share that together. And all are welcome to share in the sacrament of communion. You don't need to be a member of this church or any church, all who want to share in the love and life of Christ are welcome. And as we begin our worship, we recognize that Grace United Church is located on Treaty 45 and a half territory, and that this is the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabewaki nations. And it's home to the Ojibwe, Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, and the Chippewas, of Nawash Unseated First Nation. We know that words are not enough, but this recognition is the beginning, a centering of our work of healing and reconciliation, learning and growing. We pray that God may ever lead us in this holy work. And friends, let us join in singing, Bread of Life, Feed My Soul.
forgot to share the last couple of weeks. If you, if you would like to stand during the hymns, you are welcome. You don't have to, but you're welcome to stand uh, during the hymns. And if you ever need to get up and stretch a little bit, feel free to as well. Let us call one another to worship. As we travel this Lenten pathway, we journey together a community of faith. As we travel this way of Jesus, we journey together, but also alone, practicing our faith, living Christ's call to love God with all that we are, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, practicing our faith as stewards on the way. We join together in prayer. God of the hungry times, God of the difficult times, God of all the times of our lives, we need to talk. Sometimes it's difficult to understand the directions we need to go. With all the choices we have in our lives, sometimes we're not sure when to say yes or when to say no. So we ask for your guidance, we ask for wisdom, we ask for spirit in our worship, in our work, in our choices, in our lives. May it be so, loving God. Amen. And let us hear how God is working through the lives of people through our Minute for Mission, our, Minute for Mission, our Stories of Our Faith, formerly Minute for Mission, and how God is speaking to all of us through our scripture reading. The stories of our faith this morning are about International Women's Day, and this is about Gita's story. March the 8th is International Women's Day, a day that is all about celebrating women's achievements and calling out inequality. Gita's story is one example of why marking the day is important. When Gita's husband died, she not only lost her life partner, but also her home. Because she was no longer married, her in-laws wouldn't allow her to stay in the multi-generational residence. Gita is just one of an estimated 71 million in India who are not married, nearly double the entire population of Canada. In India, most women are expected to marry and then live with their husband and his family. Unmarried women, even those who are widowed, are often seen as dishonorable. Like Gita, they may suffer abuse. Fortunately, Gita was able to flee to her parents' home with her two younger children, but many parents will not allow their newly single daughters to return. While Gita and her younger children stayed with her parents, her in-laws stole her jewelry, changed the locks, and kept her two older children from her. That's when she turned to mission and service partner Asta Sonsten, Association of Strong Women Alone. Aswa supports thousands of single women for low-income backgrounds in Rajasthan to defend their rights. The organization has also shared their advocacy methods and experiences with other groups across India. Thanks to Aswa's help, Gita's in-laws had to give back her jewelry unlock her home, and return her older children to her care. Today, Gita is living peacefully with her children in her part of the house. 
Your generous support provides life-saving advocacy. It is one way your gift addresses crushing inequality and helps build a better world for all. Thank you. Our first scripture reading this morning is taken from Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 to 11, the harvest offerings. After you have occupied the land that the Lord your God is giving you and have settled there, each of you must place in a basket the first part of each crop that you harvest, and you must take it with you to the one place of worship. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, I now acknowledge to the Lord my God that I have entered the land that he promised our ancestors to give us. The priest will take the basket from you and place it before the altar of the Lord your God. Then, in the Lord's presence, you will recite these words. My ancestor was wandering Aramean who took his family to Egypt to live. They were few in number when they were, went there, but they became a large and powerful nation. The Egyptians treated us harshly and forced us to work as slaves. Then he cried out for help to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard us and saw our suffering, hardship, and misery. By his great power and strength, he rescued us from Egypt. He worked miracles and wonders and caused terrifying things to happen. He brought us here and gave us the rich and fertile land. So now I bring to the Lord the first part of the harvest that he has given me. Then he set the basket down in the Lord's presence and worshiped there. Be grateful for the good things that the Lord our God has given you and your family, and let the Levites and the foreigners who live among you join in the celebration. And our second reading this morning is taken from Luke 4, verses 113, The Temptation of Jesus. Jesus returned from the Jordan, full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the desert, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. In all that time he ate nothing, so that he was hungry when it was over. The devil said to him, If you are God's son, order this stone to turn into bread. But Jesus answered, The scripture says, Man cannot live on bread alone. Then the devil took him up and showed him in a second all the kingdoms of the world. I will give you all this power and all this wealth, the devil told him. It has been handed over to me, and I can give it to anyone I choose. All this will be yours then if you worship me. Jesus answered. The scripture says, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you are God's son, throw yourself down from the hair. For the scripture says God will order his angels to take good care of you. It also says they will hold you up with their hands so that even your feet will not, will not hurt on the stones. But Jesus answered, the scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil finished tempting Jesus in every way, he left him for a while. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus was led to the wilderness by the Spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and enriched by God. If the war goes on and the children die of hunger and the old men weep for the young men are no more and the women learn how to dance without a partner, who will keep the score. These are the opening words to the hymn, If the War Goes On, by John Bell and Graham Mall of the Iona community in Scotland. In their introduction to the hymn, they write that 
This song of lament was written during the Gulf War. They looked around and being great hymn writers, they noticed that there were very few hymns that were of protest or lament in response to the horrifying realities of war. Lament, they point out, is a very important piece of our faith. We need to lament. And our faith makes space for us to cry out in sorrow and in sadness and in anger, giving us the space to declare that everything is not all right. Things are not all right. Over the last 10, 11 days, I've been thinking of John Bell's and John Bell and Grandma's hymn a lot. And his invitation, and their invitation to the practice of lamentation. During this two-year-long pandemic that has left so many of us hurting and has taken more than 5,900,000 people, that has killed more than 5,900,000 people, that has inflicted illness on so many more, has brought suffering, isolation, that has divided communities, there's a need to lament. Over the last 10, 11 days, we have witnessed the destruction and suffering caused by the invasion in Ukraine. Hundreds of thousands of people, well actually, it's updated, 1.5 million people are now refugees, having fled their country. 1.5 million. Hundreds of people are hiding and sleeping in subway stations. We need space to lament that lives have been lost and that fear and suffering has been inflicted upon so many. We need space to lament, lament the destruction of homes and communities and infrastructure that will have long-lasting effects on people. We need the space to lament, to lament the lives lost, yes, even on both sides of this war. We need the space to lament, to lament all the places throughout the world, throughout our community, where war or fear or violence exist. So often we carry messages like, just push through, or just act as if everything's okay, or, well, my suffering is not as bad as theirs. And we need permission. We need the space to slow down, to sit in the barren land, to face the painful realities, and to lament. And Lent offers us this space. If the war goes on, and the daily bread is terror, and the voiceless poor take the road as refugees, when a nation's pride destines millions to be homeless, who will heed their pleas? In the wilderness, 
That's where we find Jesus in this week's gospel reading, freshly baptized by John the Baptist with the words, you are my child, the beloved, still ringing in his ears. With you I am well pleased, still echoing. Jesus is driven, pushed, forced into the wilderness by the Spirit. He doesn't choose to go into the wilderness, the gospels tell us but he does choose to stay. In that wild place, he will stay for 40 days, 40 days, echoing the 40 years that the Israelites wandered in the desert on their way to the promised land from slavery to freedom. 40 days, like those 40 years, filled with longing, hunger, struggle, and temptation. And we hear that temptation strikes in the wilderness, The temptations reflect the struggles that we as humans face and offers Jesus an out from the suffering and need that he will encounter throughout his ministry. Are you hungry, Jesus? You must be, temptation says. Use your power to make yourself some bread. Feed yourself. Give up on this spiritual fast. Come on. No, do you want power? You're a young, charismatic man. I'll give you all the political power you could want. You can rule over others. No? Okay, well, show off a little bit. If you are so special to God, jump off the magnificent pinnacle of the temple wall. Why not do a swan dive? That would get people's attention. Challenge God to show that no one can touch you. These temptations are a powerful reminder. This wilderness moment speaks deeply into all of our lives. The beginning of Jesus' ministry is marked by two things, his being named and claimed by God and this wilderness time. In this, we are reminded that Jesus, the incarnation and revelation of God's love, the Messiah who heals and renews all creation and frees the people, the one who points out our potential and God's promise. Jesus does not shy away from the struggles of humanity, the barren places of life, the pain, the suffering, and the temptations. This wilderness moment reveals who Jesus is and how he will live out his ministry as he goes into the aching places of the world, refusing to care only about his own comfort, refusing to manipulate, exploit, or overpower others. Jesus enters into, enters the joys and the heartbreaking places of life. And in all of these moments, reveals God's unflinching love, a love that abides with us, a love that comforts us, a love that strengthens us. It is a love that wilderness temptation cannot overcome. It's a love that the worst of humanity, violence, humiliation, torture, and a murder on the cross cannot erase. It is a love that points towards resurrection and the healing and renewal of all creation. It is a love that empowers and a love that equips us to join with all people in all places for the holy and important work of peace and justice 
and healing. Lent offers us, it gifts us, the space to lament, to cry out to God that all is not okay. It offers us a holy season to slow down, to look around, to look within. That can sound overwhelming, but let's think about it some more. Lent frees us from pretending that all is fine, from ignoring our own suffering and the suffering of others, from division where we push people away, freedom from perfectionism that tells us that we are not good enough or loved enough or strong enough, and yes, even freedom from hopelessness. Because in the midst of lament, in the midst of sitting in the wilderness with Jesus for the 40 days and journeying with the Israelites in the desert for those 40 years, with the tears and the heartbreak, the struggle and longing, we encounter the sacred promise, the promise of our faith that God is with us. God is with all people. God is with all creation. Even when it's hard to discern God's presence, even when things feel overwhelming, even when it feels like this pandemic will overcome us or the horrors of war will never end, even when our hearts are broken, even when we don't know what to do, we are promised that God is with us. Christ reveals to us God's unceasing love. It is a love that abides, a love that laments and grieves with us, a love that comforts, a love that strengthens, a love that leads us in the path of peace and justice and healing. In the midst of the wilderness moments, Christ points us towards the promise of resurrection. God's peace, God's love, and God's justice will always prevail. God is with us. That is what Jesus reminds us in the wilderness journey. God is with us. God is wrapping us in God's love. God is giving us the strength. God is opening our hearts in compassion. God is empowering us to share God's love in our words and our actions, our prayers, and yes, our laments. So friends, let us journey into Lent, and as we journey through this holy season, may we dare to lament, to acknowledge the places where things are not all right, to sit in the wilderness, in this season, may we encounter the God who is always present, who fills our lives with love and healing and leads us on that sacred path of justice, connects us with one another for the work of healing and renewal for all people and all creation. God is with us, and we are each called to be a part of the healing, loving, justice-seeking body of Christ this day and always. And that is good news. Amen. Thanks be to God. And as we celebrate the gifts of God that have been shared, that are always shared, the gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, prayers, and money, 
Let us sing our offertory, Christ has no body now but yours. Just the chorus from More Voices 171. We do not live on bread alone, but your word, O living God. May that word fill our hearts and our hands, all that we have and all that we are, that it may be a blessing in your world. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We share in the sacrament of communion. Friends, let's share in our liturgy for communion. Friends, God be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to God. Let us give thanks to God, our creator. It is good to offer our thanks and praise. Oh God, how wondrous it is to journey with you to feel your holy presence drawing us together to the sacred ground in which our full lives are shared. And we encounter the incarnation of your love, Christ with us, within us, and with all, within all your creation. How wonderful it is to remember that when our yes and our no are misguided and lead us to broken lives and relationships, your spirit is there and comes to us in the prophets and guides us in all times and all places, calling us back into your way and to who you created us to be. We join with all creation, we join with all creation's praise, O God, as we sing holy, holy, holy. Wonderful it is to remember that in the fullness of time Jesus entered our world, and through his life, teaching, death, and resurrection, we encounter your promise, O God, and the potential written into each of our lives. We remember the nighttime meal when gathered with his disciples, Jesus took the bread, gave you thanks, and said, Take and eat. This is my body, my whole presence, my whole life, and it's given to you. And after the supper, 
Jesus took the cup and gave thanks to you, O God, and said, Drink, all of you. This is my blood, my heartbeat, my life's energy, and it's shared with you. Each time you drink and each time you eat, know that I am with you still. We proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ lived, Christ died, Christ has risen, Christ comes again. We pray, O oh God, that your spirit, always present, may bless this bread and this juice and our lives, that we may be signs of your love for all the world and ministers of your transforming presence. We remember now, O oh God, all with whom you'd have us share this meal. We pray for all who are mourning the death of a loved one. We pray for all who are wrestling with medical decisions. We pray for all who are struggling with loneliness and isolation. We pray for all who are wondering how to make ends meet. We hold in prayer the people of Ukraine, those with family and friends in Ukraine. We pray for peace. We pray for all who work in public health, those who administer vaccinations, and those who are providing education and resources. We pray for Marjorie Gates. We pray for Shannon Cottrell. From our regional council prayer list, we pray for Centralia Zion West Pastoral Charge. And from our ecumenical prayer cycle, we pray for the people of Belgium, Luxembourg, and Netherlands. We pray for those who are on our hearts today as we name them aloud or in silence. Amen. Friends, the bread is broken and the cup is poured. Let us share in the sacrament of communion, the bread of life given to each one of us. cup of God's blessing known in Christ, shared with each one of us. O oh God, may this feast we share with you remind us that we are all part of your holy body in this world, sharing your love in our word, in our actions, in our thoughts, and our deeds. Draw us together and lead us always, we pray. Amen. And let us sing, To the Desert Jesus Came.
And friends, a reminder that following our choral blessing, there'll be a special video presentation by our firm committee. Also, I want to say for those um, of our worshiping church who are at home, if you would like, if you live locally and you would like a copy of the announcements um, delivered to you or a printed copy of the sermon and the service, uh, please contact the church office and we'll see if we can arrange that. And friends, as we conclude this time of worship, fed at the table of Christ, may we know, may we all know, that we are loved by God and that we are blessed to be a blessing, filled with a love that flows through us and brings healing and justice to this world. Friends, held in God's love, may we go in peace and go with God. Amen. chair of the affirming committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario, and I would like to bring you this video from the Affirm United uh, itself talking a little bit about Pi Day and what it all means. So let's hear from that video right now. Can you believe that the National Affirming Pi Day is celebrating its fourth birthday on March 14th? It's been such a pleasure to see how faith communities across the country have leaned into being people who embody the unconditional love of God. Some of you are wondering, what does Pi have to do with being affirming? Well, the acronym Pi, P-I-E, stands for public, intentional and explicit. Those three words are shorthand for we want to be faithful people in communities who are actively welcoming and affirming to the LGBTQIA and Two-Spirit communities. What we're really saying is, beyond the words in the statements, what does it look and feel like to be affirming in your community? This year's theme is everyone gets a slice.
Looking at the 2S LGBTQIA acronym, which represents an endless diversity of identities and expressions, we acknowledge that some of the people who are represented by these letters often tend to get left out or underserved. I invite you and your ministry to consider which folks you may not have included in your affirming programming and educational efforts. For example, you could consider how to make your washrooms gender inclusive or all gender, or have single stalls available for those who don't feel comfortable or safe using the washroom that fits their gender identity. Or ask everyone in the community of faith to place their pronouns on their name tags. What about exploring ways to include bisexual or pansexual folks who can often feel invisible if they appear to be in a heterosexual partnership? Consider sharing stories from intersex or asexual people who often get left out of the acronym. You could invite a two-spirit person to share their experiences with your congregation, if they're willing. Or consider doing a book club with a book written by a two-spirit author. Those are just a handful of ideas to get your creativity flowing. As for me, I'm going to do some more learning about what it means to be non-binary and how the ways we speak in our liturgy emphasize a binary gender understanding of people and of God. The love of God and the pie of affirming never run out. We seek to be people of faith who live into the reality that everyone belongs and everyone gets a slice. Well, thank you very much to Affirm United for explaining what Pi Day is. As you can see, it's a very fun day, and it occurs on March 14th every year, but that's a, a Monday this year in 2022, so technically we'll be celebrating on the 13th. But nothing says you can't have Pi on the 13th and the 14th. By all means, go right ahead. It's Pi Day. Uh, I did want to encourage you to watch our Pi Day service that we held uh, virtually at Grace United Church last year. We'll have links for that on our Facebook page if you have trouble finding it. It is on our YouTube channel. Uh, we brought together churches from the Western Ontario Waterways region and the Shining Waters uh, wa region together uh, over Zoom last year to talk about affirming and what it meant to them. Some of the churches are going through the affirming process, some have gone through. And in the meantime, since we had that uh, Zoom meeting too, I should give congratulations to uh, the Western Ontario Waterways itself becoming an affirming region as well. So I would encourage you to watch the video. Again, watch for the links on our Facebook page or find it on our YouTube channel. Get out some pie and watch it. And uh, I hope you enjoy and uh, really take in the conversation we had around the affirming process here as we celebrate Pie Day 2022.